If you're a veteran or military spouse of another stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience of veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. In the following episode of The Transition, I'm joined by Marine Corps veteran and former Veterans and Residents alumni captain, Omar Fuentes, CEO and co-founder of Excel EQ, a digital healthcare platform that automates medical documentation using machine learning and artificial intelligence in order to increase efficiency and eliminate wasted time, allowing providers to spend more time on their patients. After transitioning out of the Marines, Omar spent a brief stint working in finance before finding his path in healthcare and accumulating almost 14 years in the industry, exposing him to the back office inefficiencies. During this time, he lost his father, dealt with the death of a close friend to suicide, and his wife was diagnosed with stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma, exposing him even more to healthcare inefficiency. After getting fed up in 2020, Omar took the entrepreneurial leap to launch Excel EQ. On the show, he shares his journey from idea to inception, launching a tech platform despite not having a technical background, leveraging the Bunker Labs network and participating in programs like the PinFed Masters, and why it's important for him to show up his authentic self. For those of you who are thinking about launching a startup and have no idea where to begin, pay attention to Omar's story. Before you hear from Omar and I, be sure to subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. I'd also like to encourage you to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step into Greatness, available on Amazon at the link in the show notes as well. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Omar, my brother, welcome to the bunker. What's going on, man? Simplified Devil Dog. How are you doing, sir? Arrest! Simplified Do It Die Marine Corps! <laughs> yes! Yeah, it's always a pleasure when I get to jump on with Marines. Nothing against those of you out there that didn't have the privilege of serving in the Marine Corps, but you know what I mean? I have my own personal bias. Omar and I have been going back and forth on LinkedIn. I think when I I did an Instagram live like a year and a half ago, yep. and you were one of the first people I sat down with on that live, and I was like, man, I got to get you on the podcast. And I don't know what it was, if I saw a post recently or something, but it reminded me, I was like, I got to get Omar on the yeah. podcast. It's an honor to have you here, my brother. Oh, man, it's an honor for you to reach out to me and actually remember that interaction. I know that you interact with so many people and that Instagram Live was pretty cool. So I appreciate the conversation then and I'm looking forward to conversation now. Omar and I are both bearded up. He's got his little goatee-ish. You know, I got my beard. We got our fitteds on. Yeah. Looking fresh. The new face of entrepreneurship. That's you know, true. I know you like your pocket square and you look sharp in your suit, but I love, you know, one of the things that, inspires me to be an entrepreneur and the way I'm going about building my businesses is just being able to have a space I can show up and be my authentic self. Right. And so yeah. that's why this is so much fun for me. Let me tell you something right now. Like I want, I'm going to end up doing, and probably after this, I'll, I'll end up figuring something out, but I want to be coined the tattooed CEO because I want to go on t-shirts, my cap, my black t-shirt, and then just, you know, run a business. And, you know, that doesn't, and, and, and again, like you said, be my authentic self, because I'm originally from New York. I know that's where, you know, so so there's there's some more connection that between you and I. But, you know, I, I think being able to show others that, hey, listen, you can be who you are and still show up, you know, have the aptitude, have the grit. I, I'll, I'll dress up when I need to. You know, I know we'll get into it. But next week I'm, you know, pitching to another VC and I'm going to, you know, get myself all docked up, you know, I guess decked out, excuse me. And, uh, you know, and, and, and show that I can, I can adapt, man, to the situation. 100%. And 
it's important too because you know one thing though you got to make sure you perform right so that's the other thing i'll tell y'all like yeah show up be your authentic self but make sure you're taking care of business too yeah. but for me i think when i think about all the challenges people are having with like mental health now and all this other stuff like we spend a lot of time at work right yeah. whether you're working for someone else or you're working on your own venture and i feel like look man let's just talk human to human mm-hmm. you know so when people reach out to me on linkedin Right. They always are coming like super professional and I appreciate it. But I'm like, listen, talk to me like I'm a human. Yeah. We're both veterans. You know, <laughs> I'm not some celebrity or anything like that. Like we can have a real conversation. That's what this platform is for, because we know y'all are out there in the fight, in the trenches. And I want this platform to be a place you can come get some knowledge and some insights, apply it. But also know that, like, this is your tribe. So, you know, me yeah. and you just kind of jumped in and start chopping it up like we always do on the show. But Omar, please go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, so Omar Fuentes, Marine Corps veteran, served from 98 to 06, was in security forces, got out, decided that it was time to, to do something different, ended up working in the financial services field and then morphed into healthcare. And now recently, last couple of years, just been focusing on building ExcelEQ, the digital healthcare platform helping medical providers reduce time on administration so they can have improved patient outcomes. So that's what I've been, you know, focusing on. I do have a family, wife and kids. I'm actually in Boulder, Colorado right now, you know, just hustling for for the name of Excel EQ. A lot of exciting things are happening for us. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's who I am. Uh, you know, happy to give any more personal information, but you know, just, just, just a strive, trying to strive every single day, man, to, to do good things for other people. We all, I also do veteran mentorship, excuse me, veteran mentorship. Love to show others, Hey, listen, you know, with my background in the corporate side and then as an entrepreneur, like how, however I can help is, is, and I'm a, a big, I guess, supporter, you know, of that and really specifically, you know, providing value to, to, to other veterans. How did you get associated with Bonker Labs? Was it, I forget, where they sent up a chapter in Florida, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, so they had just set up. Prior to that, I was just networking. I didn't know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't even know what I did know, to be honest. And um, I was just networking, finally came across a few folks. And then they had made the announcement that Bunker Labs was going to start a Tampa Bay chapter or, you know, a cohort right. down there. So I jumped on it. I was like, well, you know, I mean, if I can be around other veteran entrepreneurs and we can chat it up like what we're doing here right now and we can actually provide some value to each other and, and we can grow, I, I was all about it. So so I, I raised my hand immediately, not even knowing what I was getting into and, and said, let's just do this thing. So that, that's how it got. And then from there, became alumni captain twice. Right. And, you know, just continue to try to help and support that that community down there. Love it. We're going to get some more into that because, you know, this is community is such an important part of what we do here. But first, as you know, got to take off our armor. So Omar, yeah. as a startup CEO, tattooed CEO, what's something you're struggling with, you know, personally or professionally currently? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll say a couple of things. I think, uh, you know, I'll start with the professional side. It's I think I. One is I, I will I will immediately say that I do believe that I have the aptitude and the experience to execute in, in what I'm doing today. Right. However, I'm constantly questioning myself whether I'm truly providing value or or sometimes I, I do question myself, you know, um, whether I really have what it takes to, to, to kind of move forward. I just think that when you're going through the process of building something from absolutely nothing. Right. And and you truly believe to your core that you, you know, that you're doing these things for the right reasons. And then, you know, you get that rejection constantly, the door slammed in your face multiple times. You just start questioning yourself. And I have to constantly remind myself not to do that, that I have to continue to, you know, press forward, surround myself with the right people, things like that. And look at even the small things to to help, you know, motivate me, you know, continuously. So I think my biggest struggle every day is, you know, questioning myself, my ability to, to, you know, to execute, even though I, I do have the confidence I will. It's like I go through this motion of, you know, I've got it. Do I really have it? And then, you know, and then get back to it and say, no, I got it. So let's, let's, let's press forward. I appreciate, appreciate you sharing that. For me, 
this is actually interesting too, because same thing you're going with like the confidence we're talking about. So I always set audacious goals for myself, but sometimes like things I didn't plan on necessarily having, things I planned to happen, happen a lot earlier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't always feel ready. So for example, right. I'd always plan to partner with Everlast and work with them on Ironbound Boxing, et cetera. But when I quit my job, I met Everlast like a day later, you know? And next thing I know, I find myself at like Everlast HQ like that week. And so now they're asking me about Ironbound Boxing. They want to get involved. You know, I got the CEO on my board, but I'm still making sausage, right? I haven't arrived yet. So I feel like you're in with me at the sausage making phase. And it just kind of happened. And so I had to just kind of man up. Well, more recently, I have a business coach, got a name of Bill Watkins. I'm part of this group called the Lions Pride. And I was at my last tactical event, you know, where I go out every quarter, do quarterly planning. Mm -hmm. And my business coach caught me off guard and asked me to be a business coach, to work with them. And I had something I had thought about long term, but I never spoke about it like openly. But then I'm out there and I get kind of blindsided. And once again, I find myself you know, putting on big boy shoes before I thought I was ready to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say I'm not confident. It's just one of those things of like, damn, I just noticed over and over again, like opportunities and things don't come when you necessarily want them to do. Mm -hmm. They come and you got to make a decision like yay or nay. And so I decided to move forward. But again, it's just this sense of like, okay, yeah, did it come before I thought it would? Yeah. So what am I doing? I'm stepping up. I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm practicing my crap so I can own this space. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I mean, again, bringing it back to, you know, where you and I come from, right? In the Marine Corps, you know, as veterans, I mean, like how many times did we get put into situations, right? I know I was enlisted. I believe you were an officer, right? So like, it doesn't matter though. Like even in those situations, you are like, we were taught your leaders first, right? And that you're, you're a rifleman first, you're a leader Let's let's execute. So many times we're placed in situations that we are 100 percent not mentally ready for yet. But what ends up happening is we have that grid inside of us that's that that turns something on and says, well, I better figure this out. I got to figure it out quickly. And then the other thing is, I think that just based on our interactions that we've had, you know, over the course of a period of time was I think that we have pride in in the way that we execute and the result that we want to to accomplish. Right. And I think that that many times I, me personally, may not have leaned into that enough to say, no, 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 I should be proud of the result, get out there, like be confident in that and be okay with messing up, right? Like we're now in a position for the most part, right, that we're not in a life or death situation. So we should be even more apt to say, okay, listen, we've got to be able to screw up quickly learn from it and then move on again uh you know and i and i think that's essentially kind of like you know the perspective it seems like you know you're you're taking or doing like when you're asked to do something you jump in but you said something interesting and i'd love for you to expound on it a little bit more from my perspective or for for my benefit is you you just directly went into like reading and learning what is it that i need to do for this particular position oh yeah automatically so i'm an autodidact right so they're and I was actually talking to my team about this this morning. We do our stand-up. There are people that listen to this podcast. They listen to my other podcast, Dog Whistle Brandon. They see the content we put out, right? But they're not implementing the stuff, you know? Like, right. you listen, you consume, but are you actually applying? Are you taking action? I am the kind of person, I can listen to a podcast. I'm off to the races. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get game from a podcast or a book I read and instantly monetize it. You know, because for me, it's not just about consume, it's about implementing, right? right? So that's just the way my personality works. That's how I built Ironbound Media. You know, mm-hmm. I realized I want to start a media company. Boom, I read like 10 books on how to podcast. Right. I was off to the races. So same thing around coaching. I was like, okay, who are some of the best coaches out there? Marshall Goldsmith, John C. Maxwell, all these different people. And I start looking at some of their content, right? Listening to their podcast. And so just been diving about doing a deep dive on thought leadership how to become known for a niche that you own, going through the materials with my coach currently, the tools and resources that we use. I've already gone through the stuff, but going back through it now because I'm be teaching and helping others implement it. So for me, it's like crafting, like, you know, okay, what are the skill sets you need to be able to do in order to succeed in this role? And then crafting my own kind of personal curriculum 
in order to be able to execute on that. So like yeah. I'm actually listening to a book right now called The Solo Thought Leader by Diago Pinata. And he talks about seven steps to becoming an expert in your field. So that's just the way my mentality works. And I get excited, I get curious, and I just start doing the research. So what what do you like like when you so when you read and you develop your own plan, like how do you I guess from my from my perspective, there's a lot of noise out there, right? There's a lot of people that try to give a lot of direction or advice that may not necessarily be the most appropriate. So how do you sift through the noise to say, okay, now I've got it, you know, and and that's what I'm going to start implementing. So is it, it I mean, and, and maybe, maybe you've already kind of addressed it in what you were just saying before, but, you know, because again, I think sometimes it's, it's I guess what I'll tell you specifically, what I've done in the past is I thought someone was a thought leader in a particular area or was an expert in a particular area. And then when you dig a little bit deeper, you find out that they're really not. But I had that like gut feeling early on to say something's not right here. And maybe for me, it's just I need to listen to that a little bit more. But how do you sit through that noise to be able to get that, the, the, I guess, the core competency to move forward and execute? Yeah, well, one of the things, I'm like the guy that doesn't get catfished. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you try to reach out to me, right, I, I have a girlfriend. So, I'm not saying I'm, like, on those apps anymore. Right. But even still, like, I do my research, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to look up Omar Fuentes. I'm going to look up your profile. I'm going to see all the stuff that you've done. I'm going to see that you are who you say you are, right? I'm also going to look at my personal network and see, you know, who's also listening and stuff to the content. But even for me, a lot of the content I get is I read a lot of eBooks. Right. Mm -hmm. Like those expert books where they're sharing their stuff and I'm getting recommendations from podcasts, from stuff I'm consuming. The other thing I think, too, is I'm big on frameworks at this point. So mm -hmm. one of my mentors, a guy named Christopher Lockhead, he wrote the book Play Bigger. He's the godfather of category design, which he taught to me. I'm the godfather of Dog Whistle Brandon. And he yep. has a, a newsletter called Category Pirates that I pay for. I'm a member of I subscribe to. And he has a newsletter article where he talks about obvious and non-obvious content, right? So mm. obvious content is like work harder. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Surround yourself with smart people. Duh, right? right? The non-obvious content are people that are taking some and they're really doing a deep dive and they're not just stating the obvious. They're also giving you frameworks and a new way of thinking. Uh. So, you know, one of the things I'm big on are frameworks, right? It's one thing to say, you know, go get 10 customers. It's another thing to like, here is a three to five step process that you can implement to go get 10 customers. Then you right. implement that framework, et cetera. So that's the big thing I look for. Look for people within your network and your, you know, that, that's the other thing too, is like, are there people out there that are two to three steps ahead of where you are now, mm -hmm. right? And you learn from them along the way because they documented their journey on a podcast, on a book or something, right? And see who else is also consuming, you know, that content. Cause you're right, there's a lot of hype out there, but mm -hmm. that's why I'm very intentional about who I spend my time with, you know, right. from the mastermind perspective to the clients I work with. I just don't have any time for fluff, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. And if you go with your gut, right, like you said, like something's off about this person, you know, they're too much trying to imitate someone else instead of being like transparent and vulnerable right. and let you know something. Yeah, no, I, th I think you're right. And I think I've learned along the way, like, you know, because I think I think when I first got out of the service, like you, you, you get a little bit like some of it, we get a little lost. Right. We don't know. And we kind of start, you know, trying to adapt to or not adapt to conform to, you know, those around us. And then I realized later on down the road that I needed to go all in on being who I am, on being that Marine, being that veteran. If it's going to rub somebody the wrong way, then so be it, because you're right. I don't have time anymore for the fluff for, you know, things going on. I mean, you know, m my wife and I married, right. You know, we used to have quite a bit of friends, you know, we, we don't have all them around you know, anymore. And it's not because of the fact is that we were like, Hey, we want nothing to do with you. It's just, we were going in a particular direction and, you know, some people don't want to take that ride with you, you know, you know, up and, and that's okay. And then, you know, just retraining again that 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 instinct to say, hey, listen, you know, I need to execute here or I need to not be around, you know, the, the, those types of people, I think is extremely important. And then especially even becoming as, as an entrepreneur, man, I mean, like you have you're inundated with people coming after you now. Right. 
And then you don't know who's going to really provide value, take advantage of you, just sell you and, you know, so on and so forth. So, so it, it's been definitely a wild ride. So, but, but to be quite honest, I don't think I'd have it any other way. Yeah, I'll tell you, I got another business coach named Pia Silva. She runs a company called No BS Agency. So she helps agency owners like me increase our, our profitability and decrease like our overhead. Mm. And that was a big financial commitment, right? And mm. but you know what I did? I read her book. I listened to podcasts. So like I was already sold when I jumped on with her. Like right. my, my, I was like a robot. My credit card came out and next guy know I signed up. But again, it was the right choice for me because I had already done the kind of research and stuff ahead of time. So that's the big thing I'm a, I encourage people to do is like, you know, early on, we don't know, we don't know. So mm -hmm. we're kind of students, really embrace that student kind of mentality of researching and learning. And then once you start to get a little bit more pattern recognition, which leads to more confidence, then we can step into our own, like you said, being that tattooed CEO, right. you know, and me being Iron Mike over here. But it wasn't just like an overnight thing, right? It was like you had to build the confidence up. And it comes from doing the work, learning, and growing. Right. So it's a great conversation, man. I think people are going to get tons of value out of it. And, you know, the power of these conversations come from networks like Bunker Labs, you mm -hmm. know? And what we do at Bunker Labs is we're a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to growing this ecosystem. And you got connected with it down in Tampa. Shout right. out to Valerie. Is it Valerie down there? Valerie is the one that, yeah, it was like, I, I heard it through her that it was, that it was coming through. So, so, so yes, as soon as she, as soon as I knew about it, she said, let, let, you know, let's go. What has it meant to you to have a community that you can lean on? I didn't understand the value of that until until I think I finally asked, hey, I need help in a particular area. And then all of a sudden it was just like several people came at me and said, hey, I, I can help you here. I can make an introduction. I can do whatever. So so I didn't I took I took it for granted originally. And then, you know, and, th and then once I started getting that help and and what was really shocking to me was nobody asked for anything in return. I immediately thought, and that was the reason why I didn't ask for help originally, because I'm like, you're going to want something in return. And I don't know if I can give it to you yet. And I was still trying to figure out who the hell I was and what it is that I was going to try to, you know, provide to others. So the moment that I, I, I just took that leap and said, hey, I need I need some help in, in, in a few particular areas. One of them was like in a finance area. I'm like, I, you know, while, while I worked in the corporate side, I had other people do things for me. I didn't have to do this. I didn't have to do like a performa or, you know, put together a pitch deck or, you know, what is it that the structure, all these other different things, right? You know, putting together a pricing model, you know, myself and, and, and even, you know, trying to build, you know, the right team around you, whatever, like, you know, if, from an entrepreneur perspective, I raised my hand, everybody came. Performer was done, pitch deck started, you know, I started having a foundation of that, understanding who, you know, how I can actually leverage resources without having to hire somebody, things like that. And it just really kind of, you know, snowballed from there. And now I, I'm, I'm very careful like you of who I want to surround myself with, but I'm also, you know, very vulnerable with those folks and saying, listen, I need help here you know, and I'll reach out and I'll reach out a couple of times or, or several times until someone says, Hey, Omar, I don't have time for it. No problem. Thanks. Let's, you know, let me, let, let me, let me, you know, try to find somebody else or point me in the right direction, whatever it may be, because sometimes we all get inundated with a lot of stuff and we just may not have the ability to, to help as much as we'd like to, but because we're resourceful, we can always point someone in the right direction. So I don't think, so now I, I value it extreme. Like it, it's high on my list now. To, to be part of that community. That's the biggest thing, man. Like you said, even just connecting people because we all get busy. You know, you start out in the ecosystem. You're just hungry for knowledge. Right. But next thing you know, you're off to the races. You're meeting with investors in a Boulder. You know, I'm in here in Newark hooking and jabbing. And <laughs> But guess what? Our time is less available. We can still help people by connecting them or jumping on platforms and stuff like this. And this is something all of you out there that are listening, this is what you have access to when you join the bunker. So Omar, take us back. How yeah. did you become an entrepreneur in the first place? 
So it's funny is because like when I was a kid growing up in, in, in New York, I was actually my, my parents moved us from Washington Heights, New York City to, to Long Island. My father was like he just he just worked both my parents, to be quite honest, man, they just worked so hard. But I remember just being really young and, and saying, hey, I wanted to I wanted to do something different. I wanted to be someone that would like was a resource to others. And then finally, when I got a little bit older, I went through my own, you know, issues of being a, you know, a hothead and a troubled kid getting in trouble and everything like that. Asking my father, like, hey, listen, I want to go to, you know, John Jay University. I want to be able to help other troubled kids. I want to be able to, you know, those types of things. I ended up not going there, but, you know, because just me and my father had a conversation. He was like, you know, what is it that you want to do? things like that. And, and really kind of took a, a little bit different of a path. So I even knew when I was younger, the only thing is, is that I'm not one of those entrepreneurs that said I had a lemonade stand or I was selling, you know, candy in school and blah, blah. I just thought I needed to take a different path until finally I, I, I realized one day how miserable I was, you know, doing what I was doing every day. And a lot of people kept on telling me like, well, you should just be thankful for what it is that you have. And I said, it's not that I am not, it's that I feel like I'm meant for more. So that was that small voice inside of me that said, you got to get up and do something about it. And I already had a family, had kids, you know, you know, mortgage, all that stuff. Like we were, we were set and like, you need to continue to work to, to do those things. So what I decided to do was I decided to work as hard as I could, save as much as I possibly could, still take care of my family so that I could take that step out and say, all right, I don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable enough, but at least at this point, I know I have enough to, to, to be able to step out and whatever that is, you know, to be able to take care of my family. And then on top of that, the support of my family, the support of the community around me, that's what kind of gave me the courage to, to then step back out. And now I can't, there's no way that I can undo it or, or, you know, or, or, you know, go back to what I was doing before. And when I realized that I just, you know, I I basically put the foot on the throttle and just move forward. When did you step out? What year was that? And at the time you were working in healthcare? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was a leader within healthcare. I kind of moved my way up through the, through the corporate ladder. So it was officially actually right when COVID hit, (laughs) like, like not too long before that. So what is that? 2019, 18? Yeah, um, early 2020. It was, yeah, it was like, and, 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 uh, and then it was, yeah, so it was like, yeah, 2019, like I had stepped out and then thought that I was going to go in one direction. I was going to become like a consultant, help employers. I knew healthcare. I knew how to help, you know, manage all that stuff. And, and, you know, and then of course, I, I don't know how many stories are like this. There's, there's probably, you know, a, a tons of them, hundreds of them, right? COVID hit. I saw what we were, and, and it allowed me to pause, look at what we were doing, and then realize that the fact is that, you know what, we're missing, we, you know, if we don't shift, we're missing a humongous opportunity within health tech. And, and then that's when I just went full force on that. And what I'll tell you is that when I made that decision, it was December of 2020, Right. So still a lot of unknown, you know, a lot of, you know, craziness going on. But I knew that this is what was needed in the marketplace. And I had so much clarity at that at that moment and and just continue to 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 press hard. It was still extremely difficult and still is process and path. But the traction is now starting to kick in. You know, now we're in 22 you know, so it's, it's still, it, you know, it's, it's still a process, but man, that clarity came when, when, when we made that shift. So you quit your job and you're thinking, all right, I'm gonna be a consultant, gonna come in and work in healthcare, et cetera. Then you see this opportunity in health tech, mm-hmm. right? And you didn't go to business school, if I'm not mistaken, oh. right? You didn't grow up in Silicon Valley, oh. right? So how did you learn what it takes to build a technology startup? Because if I'm not, Excel is a platform, right? Yes. Yeah. So Excel EQ is that we created. So Excel EQ is the company and we knew, I knew already that we were going to essentially provide different types of services within health, healthcare technology. So IntelliCare is, is the name of our actual platform right now. But 
a hundred percent to 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 your point earlier, it was so so what do I do? Like where do I go? You know, and because I had already starts because I had some corporate experience, right? I understood some things, but it is a vastly different world going from you know a conglomerate organization working your way up, having their resources being able to reach out to other people that have a significant amount of experience in particular, right? Yeah, I had everything at my fingertips. And the first thing that I did was, all right, I know I have the aptitude because look at what I accomplished in my corporate career. Then it was, who do I reach out to that can help me to really just data dump on me as far as like, what is it that I need to do? What are the first steps I need to take? I did a significant amount of research and reading you know, trying to sign up for whatever courses I could, especially like when Bunker Lab started in Tampa, I jumped on that quickly and said, you know, hey, I need to to take advantage of that because if they have resources that I can reach out to, and I just started becoming, you know, a reader, starting getting books like Traction, you know, Predictable Revenue. There's another one, Gap Selling. Like I knew I had to sell and I knew, and then I even got certifications. I become a certified scrum master, certified scrum product owner, right? So I can understand how to manage a technical team, you know, and, and, and go from there. Recently, I just signed up for like Code Academy so that I could actually get into the understanding what the, the terminology is and the languages are specifically in those when, when, when we, you know, kind of deep dive because I didn't have, like you said, I didn't have the resources to just go off and say, hey, I have 500K sitting around or, or, or $5 million and let's just build this platform and build, you know, this health tech company and just hit the ground running. I mean, it, 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 it took a process. So it was basically a combination of going back to my experience, going back to, again, understanding my mentality as a Marine and then reaching out and, and reading, researching, applying things. And then the, the last thing I'll tell you is I started calling people and saying, I have this idea. Let me just pitch it to you and just to get their feedback. And what I started doing was when I heard for me, I had to hear it twice. And then the third time, you know, basically I had to execute or change it. So if there was something that I heard twice from different people, then that means I have to look into that a little bit more, research it. And then especially the third time, it was like, all right, now I got to figure out how to change or modify whatever it is I'm doing to, to, to fix that issue. When did you realize that you were going to have to fundraise for this thing? And initially, I know you said you got a bootstrap, you know, and just kind of hustling, figuring out how to make it happen. But again, for our listeners that are tuning in, right, lifestyle business, small business, it's a lot different than when you're trying to build a technology product. And I'm curious to know, like, for your, they use in Silicon Valley lingo, the minimum viable product, right? right? Like, have you started building the platform? And if so, how did you get the funding to do that? So what ended up happening was I, I, we, we had some money still and I said, all right, well, we're going to go build this, this platform. And the first thing that I knew that had, had to be done was, well, we had to design it, right? We had to go through that process. So the moment I was quoted that price of designing the platform and then creating like the wireframes, that, that, that was it. It triggered and I was like, man, that is expensive just so that I can, you know, you know, have the framework to build something out and then be able to actually show what my idea looks like, right? Because it was, and that was the other thing is I learned is how to more effectively and efficiently communicate. Um, because when I was communicating to be, and that's the reason why I practiced, because I don't, I don't think many of us like to be embarrassed, but anyway, so I was doing that. And when I realized what the cost was going to be for that, that's when I knew I had to start figuring out how to fundraise. So I try to fundraise based off of just the idea and, and hit a lot of, a lot of walls. So then you got the pitch deck, right? You're like, all right, I got to go through this formalized process. And I know you did bunker, but you mentioned some other programs that you were a part of, like who helped you start to solidify the pitch deck to where you're at the position you're at now, where you're actually meeting with investors in a place like Boulder. So, so through, through, through like the community of like Bunker Labs and, you know, that, that, the veteran entrepreneurship community, I was, and, and just networking myself, I came across a company, well, the, the, the program, the, the PenFed Veteran Entrepreneurship Investment, 
yep. program. Seda Goff. I had her on the podcast. Shout out to Seda and our team at the Fed yeah. Foundation. Love yeah. him. And what happened was I was like, so I started getting good at then refining what it is that I was trying to, to, to convey as far as what problem we were solving. And I had a decent idea of how we were going to do that. But I knew that I needed to be part of something that was essentially like, again, just like the PenFed master's program. And they, they have titled it perfectly because it's essentially a master's you know, program condensed in a very, very short period of time. And there was really no room for, for you know, playing around, so to speak. So I applied and I didn't hear anything back. Then they finally had reached out to me and we were one of 10 companies out of over 200 applicants, I think, to be able to, to attend the retreat and then go through that program. And, and that gave me a, a very significant foundation to build upon that and move forward. I ended up refining my, my 30 second, you know, my elevator pitch better. I ended up, you know, being able to, to convey the problem and the solution. And even from there, I still, you know, I was still reminded you're constantly going to refine it and you're going to find other things that you need to, to improve. So don't stop, but just take the framework and apply it again. So, so that, that, that helped out significantly. And how long has, how long is the master's program? So I know you do the retreat at Camp Sophie. That's mm -hmm. like how long over the weekend or is that a week? So it, it's, it's like four days, I believe. So it's like, yeah, it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. I think we all flew out like Tuesday. That was just like an intense, let's get together. You got up early, went to bed late. There was camaraderie that was going on. Um, but the caliber of resource or people that they put in front of us was significant, like real VCs, not, and, and I say real VCs just because they were at a whole other level than an angel investor or somebody who's like, hey, you know, I'm a small VC here locally. I mean, they were doing some significant deals and, and had some significant exits, you know, and, and just gave us very candid feedback. And, you know, we had had, you know, sessions that we worked together, broke up in teams. It was and then that was just the beginning of it. And then basically over the course of six months, you're having classes, you're meeting with the team, updating, you're showing the pitch deck. What are you doing? So on and so forth. And then you end up having, you know, a pitch, pitch day or, you know, yeah. Demo like day. A demo like day. A demo. Yeah, sorry. So, you know, demo day. And you're pitching in front of a significant amount of investors that every single one of them have more than enough money to cut you a check. And, you know, it's, it's an extremely humbling experience. I'll tell you right now, and Seda probably could, could, will attest to this, is the fact is that I 100% like panicked the day before. I was just like, hey, do I really need to like practice in front of you guys right now? And Seda looked at me with like, like just dumbfounded. Like what kind of question was that? Because I was just beside myself because I'm like tomorrow I am going to pitch in front of VCs that could literally change the trajectory, you know, of, of my career. And, and I'll tell you right now, we didn't get a check or we didn't get anybody to necessarily, you know, write a check right after that. But we definitely got people's attention two of whom are, are, you know, evaluating us right now. So we just, we, you know, we needed to mature some more and it was a humbling experience. I think we did a, a great job pitching, but, but because of that experience and I know I needed to, I knew I needed to refine my pitch and make it and, and hit on very specific data points. I was invited back to Rice University. I was not invited back, but I was invited to Rice University a Veteran Business Battle. Right. That was even more, you know, it was hundreds of companies across the country and only like 10 or 15 of us, I think, you know, went in and, and guess who was there? A lot of the VCs that I had originally pitched to. And then all of a sudden now at, at, at the Penn Fed, you know, demo day, and now they're giving my cards and saying, hey, listen, you, if we feel like you're pretty close now. Let's start having some conversations. And then I was able to, to you know, to pitch to, to two of those VCs. Good for you, man. And I will tell you all. The first time I ever pitched was in 2017 at Stanford Ignite for post 9-11 veterans. Didn't even know what a venture was. And I kept talking about ventures. I was like, what the heck is a venture? Right. right? Figured that out. And I say this because I learned the framework to pitch, right? 
And so going back to what we were talking about before, there are frameworks out there, step-by-step things that you need to hit on during your pitch. I went over one in the episode with Will Lutz from the New Jersey Institute of Technology on this podcast, right? We've already wrote one on how to do a pitch through the blog with Keith Kappel. So these are things that we're encouraging you all. Like, again, this stuff can be overwhelming. It can feel daunting. But as soon as someone like Omar goes and experiences it, boom, we we deconstruct it. We create a framework. And now he's better prepared himself. And we're also able to enable the community as well. So, again, the reason you probably panicked was it was your first time kind of at that level. And I remember at Stanford Night, they were like, ready, pitch. And I was just like, "Uh, what? And I actually got the first one on camera. So you get better, you know, over time. And kudos to you for being proactive and seeking that out. And now it sounds like you said you're getting on the right path to raising capital. And now that you have the education, right, selling is one thing. Raising mm-hmm. capital is something different. How is the experience of putting yourself out there, talking to these investors now, and continuing the, the process of trying to raise more aware, awareness around Excel? I think it's, you know, I've taken the, 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 the opposite approach of, of, you know, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Or whatever the case may be, right? It's more of like, it's built my confidence, right? Because I knew where I started and where I'm at now. And now we're in this, you know, this VC, this venture capital accelerator, where the where the expectation is that we will get a, a check as long as, you know, we, we do the right things and we're able to pitch appropriately. So we met with some of the leaders here and and, you know, there was just some adjustments that they wanted us to make. But they had told us, well, you're like 90 percent there. So whereas before it was kind of like, you know, like like you and I like, well, what do I do? What am I supposed to put on? A, a PowerPoint and what is it supposed to look like? And we try to put, you know, too much information on there and what, whatever it may be. But now I have the confidence level. I've actually been able to make even some more pivots to our business to improve it. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm sharper. I know the type of people that I want part of the company. We had, you know, some, you know, we, we had some hiccups before with, with people that were part of the company and had the right structure. PenFed gave me that, you know, that that structure actually even started, you know, back at the beginning of Bunker Labs, just, you know, ensuring that you have the right types of protection in place for the company. So and then on top of that, you you know who you can reach out to for very specific things now. So I'm, I'm always reaching out to them and, and asking for you know, a certain perspective and things. And now I'm able to actually give, which is really cool during this program, I'm able to give a little bit of direction based upon my own experience, you know, to those who are pitching and realizing that kind of taking almost think of it like the Michael Phelps approach. Like, you know, have you ever seen when Michael Phelps and Lockley were in that pool and you see, you know, one of them looking to the left or looking at, at Phelps and Phelps is just looking directly at his goal. Now, at this point, I understand there's competition. You have to understand about it, you know, and and understand that landscape. But my focus is on the prize. And I have that confidence now it's going to be done with or without you guys. So if it's not with if it's not with you, no problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Let me go on to the to, you know, to the to the you know next task at hand. So it's it's given me a lot of, of, of confidence. And, and to be quite honest, man, bigger, I feel excited, you know, about where we're going and what we're doing. And I'm going to say this, too. That rice battle ain't no joke either. It was right. There's some serious hitters out there that I mean, that's a real competition. Yeah, it was. You know, what was funny is the same thing happened to me. I was sitting in the in the in the in the room because like it's it's like, you know, you have the the morning crew and then the afternoon crew. And I was the afternoon crew that was pitching. And in between, you have all these, you know, great speakers and 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 such and and have these great sessions but man when i saw some of those companies the first thing that came into my head is i don't know if i even belong here right the same thing happened again but i was what i'll tell you is because i'd already gone through that process i was quicker to say nope you're not going to do that focus on you and get out there and the fact that i'm just sitting here amongst all these other companies right that i feel like are actually extremely valuable should be something to, 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 to account for and say, hey, look what I was able to accomplish. And I'll tell you right now, and again, Seda could back me up, that was the best pitch by far that I made. I believe it. And you said something too about being able to recognize, and this is something I wanna encourage our listeners to do. 
practice meditation. Mm. You got to learn the art of separating your thoughts, right? And hovering above and yeah. seeing them for what they are and understanding that like they're not necessarily you all the time. Right. So you have these thoughts, but just like you said, recognizing I'm nervous. I don't have what it takes. I don't belong here. You just take a pause and like, wait a minute. That's not true. Yeah. Right. That's just a thought. Let me switch it with another one. I do belong here. I'm right. going to crush this pitch. I'm going to step into my greatness and boom. And again, these are things I've learned over the years that have been super beneficial to me. And one of the things I'm even trying to implement myself is, you know, we all get in that productivity hacking mode where you're like working out, you're meditating, body blah. But being consistent with it sometimes can be challenging. And so I've done the meditation over the years and I still do it. I just haven't been as consistent. But one of the things I'm telling myself is anytime I have 10 minutes, 15 minutes in my schedule, mm -hmm. instead of scrolling on social or anything like that, just take a pause, cut everything off and do my little 11 minute headspace meditation. Yeah. If I could just touch on that real quick, I can't tell you how beneficial that was for, for, for me to do that. Cause you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like it's, if, if you, it's just about being, it really truly is about that consistency. So if I'm not working out, whatever it is, if there's something I, if I can't lift weights, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to do a little cardio, whatever the case may be, right? I'm going to do something active because it just, it does something for the mind, the clarity and the body, right? You just end up, you're able to be a little bit sharper. But then that meditation piece is now what I do is I carry around my earbuds with me wherever I go, because the one thing that we don't know and we don't necessarily recognize all the time is when that anxiety hits or when that, that mentality hits. I didn't know I was going to sit there and start hearing this pitch and say, oh, man, like, what am I doing here? And it was immediately pause. One time in a meeting here, I did it. I started I knew we were getting closer to IC. And the and then uh, like three VCs came in that were far, you know, they were looking for seed and, and, and series A rounds, which, you know, listeners know that's just like specific revenue that you reached, mile, revenue milestones that you reached. And I was going to pitch them for three minutes. I had to pop in my earbuds, man, L literally put on meditation, like just soothing music, cut everything out. I'm in Boulder. I was looking at the the, the mountains and I didn't care who was around me because I didn't want to have those thoughts consume me for the rest of the day. So I think being able to recognize it quickly and not the fact that I, I felt like I've already embarrassed myself in other pitches that didn't go well, right? I didn't care what I looked like in front of other people. I popped those headphones on, looked down on the mountains, closed my eyes and just told myself, you got this. Like I, I, you know, started giving myself some positive affirmations because the world is going to beat the crap out of you, right? Don't do it to yourself. The ability, like you said, the key is being able to recognize. And then the fact that you already have a plan for what to do when that happens, man. Mm -hmm. So I think the next episode I'm going to release on a transition, it's probably going to be before this one, actually, is where I'm going to talk about the importance of making sure we are taking care of ourselves as founders, mentally, physically, spiritually, because this stuff is a grind. It it's is. hard. I know I did it when I was a Marine infantry officer. I made sure I got my butt to the gym yeah. because I didn't know what the day would bring. And I had to feel confident. And one of the ways I felt confident is because I knew I took care of myself so that no matter what happened, I wouldn't fall out. You know what I mean? Right. Like I was there to keep pushing forward. Uh, that's a separate conversation, but I'm glad we got it started. But as we close out here, we got a couple of things I'm curious about. Number one, what is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? What's that North Star you're shooting for, both with Excel and also you, Omar Fuentes, as a veteran entrepreneur? So I'll tell you a, a personal goal, like a very personal goal. The moment I started my company was I wanted to pay off my house in five years. Um, so I have technically three years left to accomplish that goal because we had just bought a new house and it was it was something that my wife and I were striving for. We wanted a, a, a place where it was just full of love, peace, joy, and happiness, right? So along with that comes some stress because we got we got some kids. So, you know, they 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 they, they like to beat up the house a little bit. So that that's one thing. To me, that's a pretty audacious goal because my family never had that, right? Like we never had, you know, that 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 ability. But coupled to that is I want to be able to take my family out and see the world, you know, consistently, right? Whether that's traveling somewhere, cruises, whatever the case would be, just be able to, to, to kind of do that. Um, I think the, the kind of like the bigger audacious goal for me 
is within seven to 10 years to be able to have an exit of no less than $50 million of, of, of our company, you know, and, and, you know, so, so I'm, I'm pretty certain though, that, that, that it's a, I say, I'll say it like this is like, it's a moving target and maybe more and maybe 150 million. I've seen that occur, you know, but I think that those are, are, are two big things for me. I think the, the one paying off the house and traveling more is a little bit more realistic. Well, yeah, I mean, cause you know, it can be done whether I, I sell the company or not, but, but the, but the one selling that company, you know, statistically, m- most people don't make it to that point. So hopefully that's right. You gotta have that North. Yeah. You gotta have that North star to work to. And I love that personal goal because it's measurable. You can track it, you know where you are. And then the same thing with this second one. So kudos to you, man. It's been an honor chopping it up with you. This won't be the only time, yeah. you know, this is a great, selfishly for me, this platform is great. Cause I get to connect with all the amazing you know, entrepreneurs we have in the ecosystem. And before I let you go, though, what piece of advice or words of encouragement would you like to leave our listeners with that are going through their own entrepreneurial journey? I I would just say, you know, I guess I said it, you know, a couple times before, but I, I, I would harp on it more like go all in on being a veteran and go all in on being who you are. We don't need duplications. We don't we don't need carbon copies. We need individuals who are able to set our, set themselves apart from the crowd. And it's going to be a, a, a tough journey, but you, you have to have the grit to be able to kind of, you know, per, per, pursue that. And the last thing I'll say is I think, you know, you actually even said it is, man, love yourself. Do things for you. Don't be concerned about whether or not what you do for you is, is going to, you know, offend or negatively impact somebody else. Because if you're a good individual and you want to be able to accomplish great things, you don't take care of yourself first, you're not going to be able to hit those things at all. Facts. Where can people find you at? How can we follow you? How can they get a hold of you? Where are we sending people, Omar? Yeah, man, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, at, you know, Omar Fuentes. It's it's there. It's actually, I think it's Omar Fuentes, CSFS. Yeah, CSFS. A designation I have on LinkedIn. Um, it's OF Strategies. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. That's Instagram. And then, of course, you can find us. You know, find the company on on LinkedIn, Excel EQ Inc. Same thing on on Instagram, Excel EQ Inc. I'll be sure to put a link to it in our show notes for all our listeners. You can also follow me at Iron Mike Stepman on LinkedIn or Instagram. Be sure to also subscribe to our newsletter for the transition at the link in the show notes. I want to encourage everyone, if you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to BunkerLabs.org, sign up for their newsletter, and be sure to get plugged into all the amazing events and programming that's taking place in the Bunker Lab ecosystem. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you alongside other founders and CEOs. So, Omar, again, it was a pleasure. Until next time, everyone, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week.